0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me. I'm your host, Brian Pasternak.
1: I am your other host, Tully Hodgkinson.
0: Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Normie ass. Yeah, too cool. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about uh, Yuppie Psycho. I don't know exactly how to say this. I've just been saying Yuppie, but uh, I've heard Yuppie. I don't know. Uh, call it what you will. Is it a Japanese so, game? I actually have no clue. <laughs> it it seems like it should be, though. It does. Uh, now I'm curious. Well, either way, it uh, definitely has uh, some Japanese... Uh, what's the... Uh, what am I looking for?
1: Oh, the developer um, is based in Spain and France. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so no, it's, it's not. It, it must be, like, Japanese-inspired, though, because it definitely has that sort of aesthetic.
0: Actually, it kind of seems a little more Chinese, but either way. Um, moral of the story, um, quick little breakdown. Brian Pasternak, random dude, um, coming out of nowhere, never had a job before, gets a job offer from this place called Centricorp. Um, and things are a lot different than they would have imagined., um, So, uh, first up, as with every episode, um, seeing as you've never heard of this game before in your life, let alone played it, What were your thoughts? Uh, I was actually very pleasantly surprised when you described it as a horror
1: game, I was a, like, I was a little off put just because we've discussed, um, on the show before how I'm not like, a super big horror guy like it just really really isn't my speed and it gives me panic attacks um Mm -hmm. but as I was playing it I was actually very like I said pleasantly surprised with um it's not so much like horror in the sense that it is like you know it's constantly jump scaring you it's more of a like I would say like a psychological horror like Mm -hmm. just based on how grim the game is and how um, the game uses its atmosphere to really get to you more than it does, like, cheap jump scares and
0: shit like that. I, I actually genuinely appreciated it. Yeah. It's definitely more of a slow burn rather than uh, um, in your face all the time, which is uh, definitely, in my opinion, better than, like, jump scare games. Mm-hmm. Um, not even that those are scary, you know. Um, I, I, I prefer, like, as a horror junkie, I, I definitely prefer more psychological horror uh, when it comes to that kind of thing. But um, you know, but yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm glad you uh, you liked it because I was very worried. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't check in with you very much throughout the entire uh, two weeks, um, and. Even like last night, I was like, "You think you're gonna finish it?" And you're like, "Oh, I finished it a while ago." I was like,
1: "Huh?" <laughs> yeah, I I pretty much banged it out like within the first uh, weekend.
0: Um, so this game kind of talks um, on heavier subjects like uh, capitalism and uh, corporate greed, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's that's really cool. Um, a, a lot of uh, outlets talk about this kind of thing but not in this way um, so like I'm I'm kind of appreciative for like the it, it kind of like it takes a back seat it doesn't tell you all the information like oh this place is um, horrible uh, you hear from someone oh man I can't remember who exactly says it they say uh, the company's rotting from the inside but I think um, that was more so literal suck. yeah yeah <laughs> um, it's it's a lot more literal um than like how people normally would um mean that kind of phrase you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's uh that's a really cool way of uh bringing out the knowledge like rather than just shoving it in your face mm-hmm. where it kind of just uses a ton of metaphors um, to bring out the uh the subject
1: yeah It's sort of like... In another aspect, too, like... It's... Like, despite how bizarre this game is... Because a lot of it is centered around this, like... Uh... How would you... Like, you... Like, body horror. Like, there's a lot of corpses all over the place. And a lot of the enemies are, like, these really grotesque monsters. But, like... It still manages to relate to, like, the usual human experience. Because while, like... A lot of the game is centered around, like, these really exaggerated, like, like, these really terrible conditions at this company. It's, like, despite it being as exaggerated as it is, it's still sort of relatable to, like, you know, how shitty a job can be, you know? Like, in the beginning of the game when, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, the fat Chapman? guy. Uh, not Chapman. No, no, Hugo. No, Hugo, yeah. Like, when Hugo is telling you that, like, oh, there's really no bosses. Like, they all went insane. And, like, one guy, like, we had to lock him away in a a, a separate room because he went crazy and started tying shit to himself. Like, that's ludicrous. But it's, like, it's still sort of indicative of that, like, you know, the stereotypical bad job experience of, like, the management is terrible. Or, like, Mm. all the employees, like, basically being, like, walking, like, like basically like zombies, like it's indicative of mm-hmm. like companies over pushing their workers. And it's like, despite it being like this completely over the top, like n- no way in a million years would this happen in any actual company on earth. Like it still somehow sort of manages to like hit, hit, hit the right chord with the right kind of people, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, and another thing like about the characters themselves it's like it's almost like since um brian is out of the picture beforehand like he's new he's got fresh set of eyes he's the only person who sees the monstrosities everyone else like ignores them or doesn't see them you know Mm -hmm. it's it's because they're all numbed to the uh the, the atrocities that are happening inside or at least that's my take on it. I I don't know everything, but I at, at least I think that that's like what they're going for, right? Like yeah, for sure. It's no it, it's it's normal in this like like terrible uh environment. It's like it, it's normal stuff that happens every day, so they they don't even give it a a second thought. Exactly. It's like I mean, I think
1: Kate is kind of a perfect example of that because, like, she's sort of your, like... um She's, like, the kind of person who, you know, works really hard in, like, their early life, like, really bangs it out through school to, like, make sure that they land a really good job and then they get it, but they kind of figure out slowly that it's, like, not what it chalked up to be. But they mm-hmm. also understand, like... I I, I worked so hard to get here. I kind of just have to ignore all the shitty stuff and stick it out because, like, I don't know what I don't know where else to go, right? And you know, Chapman is like your. I mean, Chapman is basically pretty on the nose of like your fucking like snooty, like real up his ass, like up his own ass. Yeah, asshole. Uh, Yeah, and I just think I think like the game does a really good job of portraying like like a not so in your face uh, critique of like capitalism and big business but I think it it's like it's subtle enough to where it's like oh yeah I do kind of I kind of fuck with that
0: yeah and uh, I I like the addition that uh, Chapman talks all that shit walks in the elevator goes up to floor two yeah oh man Um, but uh, most of this game is really like centered on Uh, killing the witch and you have no idea what the fuck that is the whole time Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that adds to the uh, horror a bit because you're kind of fumbling around not knowing exactly what's happening um, until way later in the game Um, so it it really like instills like that feeling of uh, like the fear of unknown because you're just walking around this place you've never been in your entire life um not knowing what you're doing, except for these tiny amounts of information you get from your computer pal, uh, Sintra. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, th- I think just, like, like, adding, like, the, the body horror and the, uh, the psychological aspects and the, uh, just, like, not knowing anything and Brian being just kind of, like, um a coward for the most part, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, just really adds to, like, the feeling that you would get if you were actually in that situation, right? Brian is, like, the closest thing you would be because no one would walk in there and be like, Psh. dude's hanging up, hanging from the ceilings and, like, there's a horse shit on the floor. Yeah, right? It's like, yeah. So I I think that they made a great choice by... Um, uh, making Brian who he was
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, like
1: the thing about I think the game in general too, is it's like it doesn't take itself too seriously either. Like even during times of like like some of the worst, like, I mean, you're staring at like piles of bodies like, um, I, there it's just so weird because it's like Brian could literally stumble upon like a completely mangled corpse. And, like, still somehow manage to, like, sneak in, like, funny or, like, subtly quirky dialogue. Like, the game does a very good job of, like, displaying how truly terrible the whole corporation is as a whole. But also, like, being able to keep the characters that it does have, like, relatively human enough to still be, like, fun and relatable. I really appreciated it about that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and like it doesn't seem forced either, which is like another plus.
1: Yeah, like uh, I mean, other than Chapman, I would say like all the characters are actually relatively
0: like likable and fun. hmm Um, a specific moment I just thought of that completely escaped my brain. Oh, here it's back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was when you went to, I think it's your second visit down to the fourth floor where Kate is and uh er no 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 it's the first one because oh, sorry i'm mixed up uh dude in the horse can't remember his name <laughs> um tells you to make a friend so you go down and see kate yep and uh you're you're like how are you getting on and i think brian kind of means that by like like how, how are you fitting in with like the job how's it going and uh she turns around and is like oh, it's great, I figured out how to deal with, like, stress. And then she shows him how to hide, and it's kind of just like, what? Yeah, right. And then this big, then it's like you use that immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, like no one's on the same page. <laughs> but it's all, like, just second nature to all these people. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, speaking of the fourth floor, um, something that I thought was neat was, all, like, all of the... Uh, the like enemy or not enemy even technically enemy but i'm talking more like section design because hr is all like a bunch of lips that are like spitting poison and constantly gossiping and they like know everything Mm -hmm. and that is like perfect one-to-one sorry all my hr people out there perfect (laughs) one-to-one to to how (laughs) hr is in real life (laughs) yeah like your stereotypical (laughs) hr yeah because they know everything and like why? Why wouldn't they talk? You know, I mean, people, people uh, just do what they do, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's definitely a stigma in uh, corporate HR. But I just think it like when it comes to uh, its design, period. It's like they knock it right out of the park. They really do. It's definitely
1: like it's kind of fun because. There's a, like a, every floor is like completely different. Like Mm -hmm. the, from, from floor four, which is just like, it's, it's your, I mean, it's your stereotypical, like cubicle area of any like office business, but it's just like, it's so large and grandiose. It almost kind of feels like, um, uh, this is going to get kind of nerdy, but there's like, um, there's an SCP where it's like, (laughs) It's an infinite IKEA. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, yep. it kind of reminds me of that where it's just like it feels like this this like cubicle space just goes on like forever and never ends. And there's there's just like an infinite amount of people on here and you I mean you could stumble upon like literally anything like let's say for example like a bar that somebody built out of like cubicles or a literal fucking cave that opens up into a sewer system it's like mm-hmm. and then there's there's the fucking there's the eighth floor which is like a forest with a cemetery which i don't even like how the fuck do you even manage to get that into an office building in what i assume is like a bustling like new york or tokyo style city
0: you know yeah yeah there's, like, rivers going through it and everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: fucking crazy just how, like, unique
0: they managed to make every area. And, uh I mean, within every area, it's not like it's just, like, a bunch of, just, like, blank space. It's exactly like you said. Like, every every area feels like it's got a purpose to be there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the NPCs, you can can talk to and you get like side quests from to get other items um just like it also just like seems like it's another person just trying to like shuffle their work off to other people Mm -hmm. like in this office building and it, it just fits
1: yeah like everything is sort of seamlessly integrated into itself like there was never really a point where i like well, here, I'll I'll correct what I said. Like, there was a point where I sort of got stuck and I wasn't, like, super 100% sure what to do. But all it really took was to just, like, kind of explore around the building and then find the right place, or at least what I assumed was the right place to go. And then all of a sudden, like, at least in my example, like, I ended up in the security room and just started doing that side quest. And then that was sort of what like launch padded me into the the ending I ended up getting. And it was it was really cool to just kind of be like one of the first times where I really felt like I had just sort of seamlessly stumbled upon like a path in which I could go. And then it just sort of led me in the right direction where if I had just like slightly tweaked what I did and like not went to the security office, but actually went in this direction, it would have led me down a completely different path.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if that, like, might not even be the case, it's still the feeling that it instilled. Yeah, exactly. And and that that's, like, what it's all about, you know? Mm-hmm. And not not a lot of games can do that kind of thing anymore, especially with um, our market going more towards, like, open world games where you can do whatever. Um, it just kind of seems like there's quest markers on everything. And, uh... Your sense of exploration's still there, sure, but it's like it's hard to feel like you actually accomplish something when you just like have this massive map already like laid out for you, you know mm-hmm. It sort of feels like
1: like an old school point and click adventure game in that kind of way. Like mm-hmm. as far as game design goes, it's really not that because it's not exactly a point and click. But at the same time, it definitely has that vibe of, like, a lot of what is communicated to you is through, like, dialogue or text boxes or, like, taking in the world around you. And that that is something I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, so what ending did you end up getting? I'm curious. So this is actually – there's a reason why I didn't tell you what ending I was going to get because I think you're going to appreciate this. Um, but the, I guess spoiler alert for one, if not two of the endings, depending on which one you got, but Mm -hmm. I, I ended up going down the path of, so, uh, I ended up doing the security office. I finished that boss fight. And then if you go to like the, the fifth floor security camera, you get to see like a little snippet of Hugo hiding like a key and then use that key to go open a room and you actually steal the dagger, uh, that you're supposed to use to kill the witch, which is, I guess is like earlier in the game than you do it if you go down a different route. So I ended up doing that. And then I, it, I went down to the, there was supposed to be the party for Hugo, but he cancels because someone steals the dagger and he's all uppity about it. Um, mm. and then, so I ended up going, there's still like a party sequence, um, but, like, Hugo's not there, so it's just kind of everyone standing around, and you chat. And then you go to the second floor, and then that's sort of when it propels you into that ending.
0: Okay. Um, so, how did the game end, then? Just, like... It's... So,
1: I'm actually kind of confused, because... I wasn't really sure what's going on. Like you learn so the the last bit of the game after you get through that section, the game forces you to go to floor 2, which is like the uh, like the the residence of the the Cintra family or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're like basically you're piecing together this picture. Uh, like there are pieces of this picture scattered around the residence. And you have to, like, collect all the pieces. And then based on the scenery and the people that are around, you have to recreate the picture. And have you gotten this ending? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. So.
0: Um, Unless you're talking about, um, like, is it the family stuff? Yeah,
1: it's the family stuff. And it's, like, you're being chased around by this demonic version of their child. And at some point, like once you've gathered all the pieces and you've like rearranged the room properly to retake this picture, like all of the family members, like Kate is pretending to be the mother. And then there's the demonic child and the mother quote tells you to go take a bath. And then, uh, you like, you you like they try to drown you and then you sign a deal with the devil which turns you into this like Um, he's the it's the guy from the, the front cover of the game where he's got like the suspenders on and the devil mask you know what I'm talking about and he has the dagger in his mm-hmm. hand you turn into that guy yeah. and then you recreate the picture and then there's a sequence where you're running around as Domiri who is like who is the witch and mm-hmm you're in this like hellscape where you're being chased around by the devil guy that you've turned into. And there's like fire all around you. And like, there are different sequences where you're being like berated by the different family members for like, like you're berated by the mother for ruining the family. And then you like, I don't, it's so bizarre. I, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) I I don't know what the fuck (laughs) dude. It's so fucking weird. I, so I realized it's a DLC ending. If you, so the, the security area is a DLC area. Like that was one of the areas they added in the executive edition. So the ending I ended up getting was a DLC ending, which is probably why it made no fucking sense because I, I probably got an ending. I was not supposed to as early as I did (laughs) because I, I genuinely have literally zero idea what the fuck happened in this ending. Like it. It ended up raising more questions than it answered. I, I literally have no fucking clue what happened or, like, why Brian turned into the devil guy or what that meant. But what I ended up deciding to do was to do, like, a 100% run to get, like, the, quote, true ending i have not finished it but i'm like still sort of in the process of it so i guess technically i haven't finished the game yet but that's like my goal is to get like the true ending because i have literally zero idea what happened in the ending i did get
0: okay um i i i I don't know that's interesting
1: it was so bizarre
0: so okay um I might have gotten the uh, 100% true ending. So, do you w- not want me to say anything?
1: No, I don't want to I think what we can do is once I finish it, I want to talk about it in a later episode. So, we'll save the okay. we'll save that bit for the a later episode. But yeah, I like apparently like cuz I ended up having to look at a guide at some point cuz I was just so confused <laughs> as to where to go and apparently like if you do the DLC ending that I did, it completely changes the ending of the game. Like you don't go to the cemetery at all. You like, it basically replaces that segment of the game with, um, with the like segment where you're in their residence and wandering around and doing whatever.
0: Yeah. See, that's why I was confused is because I was like, none of this sounds familiar. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Jesus fucking Christ. It's so wild.
1: (laughs) It was really crazy. It was really cool, though. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: Well, (laughs) there's that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I got the the other ending. (laughs) (laughs) The the opposite one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you know that Uh, in the beginning of the game, if, like, when you get to the point where you're about to sign the contract for your job, if you just don't sign it, you can leave, and then that's another ending? Yeah. (laughs)
0: I beat the game, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I did it.
1: It reminds me of Far Cry 4. There's an ending like that in Far Cry 4 where, like, in the main area of the game, someone tells you to sit and wait, and if you just sit and not move... Yeah, and you just wait for, like, five minutes, the game ends. It's really funny. Mm -hmm. I really like those kinds of endings. They're a little... I I
0: just think they're fun. They're funny, quirky, yeah. Yeah. I am... I, I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> I, I, th- I thought we were going to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. We'll have to wait. Yeah. Um, fuck. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> what did you think of the soundtrack?
1: I liked it. It's very, like, I think it, I kind of appreciate that it doesn't, like, lean into like the classics like horror soundtrack tropes it's kind of like Mm -hmm. like bubbly almost like it's kind of fun and bouncy and i don't know i really liked it
0: yeah it's like synthy and jazzy yeah i think that's great so i'd give it a slap i would also give it a slap you can throw any kind of like funky jazzy soundtrack at me and i'd immediate slap, so... Mm -hmm. I mean, it might not be saying much, but it is a good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it is. You want to know, like, something I was thinking about while I, like, while I was playing this game? Sure. It didn't really, like, occur to me right away, Um, but I kind of... I realized, like, as the game goes on, you kind of learn more about, like, the witch hunters and who they were. Um, But one of the things I realized is they pull the witch hunters from like the lower classes of society Mm -hmm. and it like I didn't think much of it at first but I realized just how like so fucked up that is to like you know use people you would consider like lower in society to basically go on a suicide mission in a company that people are literally dying at all the time and I was like holy shit that is fucked
0: up (laughs) yeah but I mean that's pretty much like a parallel to like fresh blood in a company, right?
1: That's true. Like, they get stuck with the shit. The shit jobs. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like,
1: um, like an unpaid intern kind of thing of just, like, Mm -hmm. you know, these people get, like, brought into these companies to, like, quote, gain experience, but really all you're doing is using them as, like, your fucking lackeys and just not paying them, and somehow that's legal, and it's like, God.
0: I don't think I could ever do an unpaid internship. No. That... That sounds absolutely horrible. Yeah, fuck that. But, like... Imagine working for experience and not getting... I just...
1: Yeah. Absolutely not. But the whole game is kind of like that, of just, like, these different parallels to, to real life, no matter how obscure the game portrays it. Like, it's just... It's very much so this idea of, like... Like, it's... It's anti-capitalist, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't really give... It's kind of nihilist in a way because it's, like, it doesn't really give you, like, this is what we could do better. It's more mm-hmm. of just, like, the system we have, like, sucks, and it's not good. Um, but, like I said, it really doesn't give you any sort of alter... I mean, at least in the ending I got because it was so bizarre and I was so confused. I don't know about the main ending, Um, but like the game never really at any point gives you a sort of like semblance of like solace or hope. It just kind of leaves you with like, this company like has sucked shit for a long time and will probably continue to suck shit. Yeah.
0: Um, it kind of sucks that you got that ending because that cuts my, my, uh, Talking points in that. <laughs> you know what?
1: You know what? I'll cave. I, I, I do kind of want to hear about... I want to hear about this ending. I'm curious.
0: Are you sure? Are you, are you absolutely sure?
1: I'm, I'm positive.
0: Okay. So, should, should I go into detail or not really? Go uh,
1: yeah. Go, in, go into as much detail as you want. I'll be all right. Okay.
0: Okay. So, basically, the turning point is you don't see um, Hugo throw away, or, like, hide a key, or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead, um, the party happens, Hugo's there, Every, everything goes fucking insane after a while, um, uh, Rostov's, like, eating the cake, but it's, like, a bowl of flesh, um, fucking Doshi, his, his ears are bleeding, and he's like, can you, well, I, I, my hearing's weird can you check and like everyone's got like these injuries out of nowhere oh my god until you you end up leaving and then um you're in this like weird glitched out uh version or you wake up from your desk and you think it's a dream and he's like well, I'll get some work and then it pans down and you've got a fork and knife in hand and you look and there's a uh, there's a parsnip <laughs> <laughs> on a plate, and like Brian's like, is this another one of uh, Hugo's pranks? And then he looks up, and he's back in like the computer world with um, like Cintra and everything. And he's like, starts freaking out, and he's got this plastic knife, and these these monsters are coming at you. And he's like, freak, he's freaking out. And she's like, why don't you use the dagger? And he looks back at his uh, knife and it, er yeah it's plastic knife and it's it's the dagger. Mm-hmm. And uh then it like then you're in a sequence where you have to run around and uh like find all of these mummified corpses that all have blood coming from areas um where it's parallel to the people in the parties where their injuries were and like find them all and break them out of the cocoons. Jesus. Yeah, and then uh You have to like, You have to go back. You're you're trying to uncover a bunch of like random dog shit. Mm -hmm. Um, In the meantime, Hugo is made CEO. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) Um, that happens, and then you uh, you drug a water fountain for an owl to drop a red jewel out of their eye, and then you go to the mausoleum in the cemetery, and you open it up, and you find some bells. Um, Sintra gets destroyed just for you to find out that Doshi's been building a Sintra in the back of his office, and you have to go and find Sintra's head, bring it back and reconnect her, and then she has a panic attack in front of you when she gets rebuilt, and uh, you swim in the sewer, like the sewers with her to find, uh, one of the other family members who's the quote-unquote, um which and it's this massive white snake <laughs> and you have to uh ring the bell to raise body which is Sintra um just like preserved in this icicle oh yeah the,
1: the the Sintra kid the what like it it's the kid that was that Sintra was modeled after yeah yeah you that break her out that happened oh you break her out in this ending yeah oh in my ending you just straight up kill her
0: no no no. <laughs> you break her out and then you take her up to the top floor and Hugo's sitting there and he's like, Sup bitch and then like uh what's his Oh yeah. Fuck, I forgot this part. Uh the the devil outfit. hmm You find it on some random dude and you need it um to like get past biometric something. Anyway, that's that's a little lesser it's it's not a huge deal anyway, um, so you're on the top floor, and uh Ray, which is Cintric Kid, is like i'm I'm the heiress, and Hugo's like, Shut the fuck up you can't prove that you'd be a lot older and then she walks up to the uh the desk and it identifies her, and then Hugo gets mad and punches Brian in the face and uh storms off and then brian decides to quit that's it yeah oh my god and then well i mean if you save everyone you can talk to kate and then um you can meet up with her on the roof and just like look at the city but that's it (laughs) jesus yeah
1: yeah in my ending (laughs) like you discover that domiri the witch like i guess Like the, the name you discover at some point, I don't remember how, that the name of the witch is Domiri and it was Mm -hmm. like this kid they adopt, like the Cintra family adopted and their fucking family like falls apart after that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and you like, I guess you somehow discover that the, this like, like at some point the Cintra family or someone tried to burn Domiri at the stake because they're the witch but it didn't work because the spirit of Domiri inhabits the Sintra child, Rey. Mm. And so when you discover her in the ice crystal, uh, you just straight up kill her and cut her head off because she's the witch. Oh my God. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. Nah, you just like resurrect her. <laughs> you and I had very different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun though. Cause like, I mean, it's almost a complete, it's completely different from either of our Mm. experiences. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, even though I pretty much explained it, I'm, I I tried to leave out like exactly like what you're supposed to do. And like, I just kind of summarized it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I hope you still go back for it because oh, I think yeah. it's worth seeing. And I'll I, I think I'm gonna go back for the other one. Maybe we can have like a quick conversation with <laughs> video about it.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely for sure like be going back to it because I'm like I'm very invested in like figuring out what the fuck is going on. Because for the most part, I I'm still like super confused.
0: You're gonna have to watch like a body video video on it. Our- yeah,
1: right. For sure.
0: Jesus. <laughs> oh man. Like, Hugo drops his entire, like, nice guy act when he becomes CEO. Hugo's a real fucking bastard. Yeah. He runs around as a frog. Yeah. (laughs) Man. I I just, I I didn't think we were going to have such different, like, experiences here. I thought it was going to be, like, (laughs) similar-ish, but it kind of seems like the whole, like, meat of the story was just, like, separated.
1: Yeah, I completely stumbled upon an entirely different area of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> uh, fun, though. Yeah. Different revelation.
1: Should we do our uh, our VR segment quick? Because I think there's a pretty... I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room here, Declan.
0: Elephant in the room? Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we can do it.
1: <laughs> okay. So... We're a bit late to the party by quite a bit, uh, but <laughs> Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard King for $70 billion fucking dollars. Yep. Mm. That's fucking crazy. A lot of money for scumbags. <laughs> that is currently the largest video game-related acquisi- acquisition of all time by quite a bit.
0: yeah like they're what they're buying like three titles pretty much right well
1: that's the thing is a lot of people are speculating that now because when bobby Kotick became ceo part of the reason why like uh activision and blizzard also have been just like kind of cranking out the same shit every year Mm -hmm. is because like like that was sort of his business strategy was to turn like Call of Duty into just like a money printing yearly franchise, which I mean, it always has been, but like really turned it into what it is today with like the Battle Pass and Warzone and that shit. And then basically forcing yeah. every Activision studio to work on Warzone or Call of Duty in some aspect. Yeah. And that's sort of been happening with Blizzard as well, like with um, like... They're moving away from a lot of their other titles um, to kind of like really focus on Overwatch and like WoW to some degree, but not really. Like Overwatch Mario is kind League of... Is League as well? No, I don't think so. No. I think Riot is its own entity. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. But like... It's just
0: to show how educated I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like that has basically been Bobby's uh, strategy from the beginning. Um, But with this acquisition from Microsoft, a lot of people are hoping that they start to revive some of those old franchises, like, people are hoping they bring back, like, StarCraft and, like, the the Warcraft series, like, the actual Warcraft, like, the RTS Warcraft games Mm -hmm. and shit like that, because what, like, basically what this Microsoft acquisition entails is a lot of, you know, hopefully... Hopefully, they tell Bobby Kotick to fuck clean off. I mean, granted, he'll go with a golden parachute and, like, 50 bajillion dollars, probably. But, Mm. I, like, at least my hope is that they tell him to fuck off, and then that opens up a lot of creative room for those teams, and they can start to bring back some of those older franchises.
0: Bobby Kotick is uh, Hugo. Yeah, except
1: (laughs) sort of. I mean, kind of. He's a real fucking asshole.
0: He got named CEO, and he's a dick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fuck Bobby. This is a Bobby yeah, Kotick oh, slander podcast.
0: Yeah, fuck that guy. And fuck uh, most of the higher-ups in uh, Activision. Yeah. I mean, that, that that is a huge deal. But I've, I've seen, like, memes that was like, Microsoft buying out Activision. It's like... Talking to Sony is like, look, guys, I got Activision, and then Sony players are playing like Spider Man and like a bunch of other exclusives. And it's like stop having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I
1: don't know. There, there are a lot of like mixed emotions because it's hard to know like with with this kind of a- acquisition. Like it's hard to know what the future entails because i mean usually with an act, with, like with a big buyout like this like comes a lot of layoffs and a lot of like restructuring yeah. in these companies because it now has to go from its own private entity to a subsidiary of another larger company mm. so that that aspect kind of sucks and then you know who who knows what the future of activision blizzard will look like in the next 5 10 15 years because I mean, we still don't even really know what the future entails for Bethesda. Like, coming off of the Bethesda buyout and then immediately buying Activision Blizzard, there are still now two very large video game publishers that are basically just kind of hanging in the balance, and nobody really knows what the future of those companies will look like, for better or for worse. Mm. And, I don't know, it's just, it's sort of hard to know exactly, like, I mean... There's a lot of good and a lot of bad aspects about it. Is basically what I'm trying to say.
0: Mhm. Interesting stuff. I wonder what they'll do with it.
1: I mean, I'm I personally am excited. I've always been rooting for Xbox just cuz like that's basically been the system I've made my home on for the better part of 10, 15ish years. Mhm. So, they've always I've always been kind of like an Xbox guy. I'm not really a, a Sony crony, you could say. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Cause
0: yeah. Tully Hodgkinson, Xbox brand ambassador. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, if they're, if they're willing to shell out the money, I'll fucking do it. Sure.
0: Jesus. And then there's me. I sell, I, like, I buy an Xbox and I sell it like a month later. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like two or three times too.
0: Yeah. Fuck that. I've, I've had my PlayStation for like, Six years now, though. I don't know.
1: I'm not really but, into uh, like console war shit.
0: Yeah, me neither. I just you know I have my preferences, and I don't. I don't like go on Reddit and feel like. I think everyone with an Xbox should shove a glass dildo in their ass. Yeah, you know? it's I'm like just not that guy.
1: This idea of like, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, but I was like looking through. Um, no, I don't believe I talked about this on the show, but I was looking through like an Xbox, like Xbox tweeted something about, uh, the Activision Blizzard, uh, acquisition and like most of the mentions were literally just like PlayStation better, PlayStation better, PlayStation better. Uh, Uh. I believe I've said this publicly on the show. People who do that should fuck off forever. Uh, I think like... People, people who still shill out for like Xbox or Sony or Nintendo are some of the most miserable people because, at least in my opinion, like games should be about bringing communities together, right? Like, with whether like with crossplay or like, I mean, like crossplay is a great example, and you know, mul- like making more games multi-platform and like. I just... I don't know. I It really bothers me when people, like, shill for these, like, big mega corporations when all they really need to do is just yeah. fucking play video games. It's not that hard.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely all for uh, cross-platform stuff, though.
1: Yeah. Because it's like, it doesn't... Ex- like, exclusive games don't benefit anybody except for the company that is getting the exclusive, right? Like... Marvel Spider-Man being a, like a PlayStation exclusive benefits literally zero people except for like whatever big executives now all of a sudden have millions of more dollars because they managed to get this deal to go through. Right. Yeah. And this idea that like, I don't know, it's just so fucking annoying to watch. I just, I don't know. I've, I've never appreciated it and I I don't. Th- I, w- I never will. I never will appreciate this idea of the console war. I think it's backwards. Yeah.
0: True. Gamers unite.
1: Yes, <laughs> gamers should unite. The most oppressed group of people on the planet, gamers, should
0: unite. Call. unite. not. Is that too far? Is, that, that, that's a bit is that
1: pushing the envelope a little too much?
0: So when you said most depressed, I <laughs> immediately, like shuddered my entire body just. <laughs> That's fucking funny. So my my VR bit is uh, nothing special. It's just about me. Uh, launching off from last episode, I beat uh, SMT five.
1: Oh, you finally beat
0: it. Which is yeah, nice. I beat it like two days ago. Um, clocking in at about, like, 57 and a half hours, I think. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean, I was, I went through, like, all the hoops to get, like, the super special mega ending, or whatever, the true ending, as they call it, mm-hmm. and, uh, it kind of sucks, because there's a super boss, which is higher level than, um, like, any of the end game stuff that you have to fight before you go to the end game. And, uh, so the rest of the game was a cakewalk and it was a little upsetting because mm. I kind of just had to like spam like a really, uh, powerful move over and over and I, I got through it, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, uh, that's, that's what happens.
1: <laughs> Is it um, like, it, are there like a lot of parallels to it and
0: Persona? Um... I don't know how much you saw when I played it out in the living room before I decided to move it um, into my cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It drops the entire social aspect of the game. Um, so, like, you know, spending your days outside of uh, like palaces and stuff doesn't exist. You're kind of just, like, in and out of it. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. like the dat, which is the demon parallel where Tokyo is destroyed. Um, but other than that, it's got all the same demons, and instead of having like party members use them, you just like collect them like Pokemon and have them on your team. Gotcha. So that's how that is. It's I, I think uh, I think SMT is more for like hardcore jrpg fans mm-hmm. we should probably um, so clarify that...
1: declan's talking about shin megami tensei
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: i just realized we've been abbreviating it the entire time
0: yeah for those who don't know shin megami tensei um but yeah it's it's more for like you know the shutted neck beards but i mean not n- not everyone who plays jrpgs is like that I know I'm a big neckbeard, but... That's you fine. are not a neckbeard. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. That's not fair.
1: All right. Listen, but, I've uh, I've been friends with neckbeards. You are not a neckbeard.
0: <laughs> All right, if you say so. But point is, I think that those are for, like, the more hardcore, like, strategy turn-based fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is, like, a darker storyline. Um but Persona's more, you know, uh upbeat uh style, stylized um I think it's more for like it's easier for general players to ju- to uh digest. Mm-hmm. And uh I got to say I think I I do enjoy Persona more.
1: I can kind um, of see why cuz it's like Persona has definitely more of a vibe that it can have more fun with itself and the player, like it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's just it's generally more upbeat. Where of like the very I didn't see a whole lot of SMT five, but like the stuff that I did see, it felt like it takes itself a lot more seriously than a game like Persona five does. And I can I can see why you would like Persona five more just because it has more of like it has more of the vibe that you kind of I can see you going for in games.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like I'm a sucker for like largely stylized things and like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is an SMT episode, <laughs> but <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna try and wrap wrap up my conversation about this really quick. Um, like one big parallel, or er, uh, I'll do one one parallel and one way it's like completely different. So one big parallel, you know it's, it's a JRPG, uh, the characters are anime, uh, protags, so, you know, and, like, the characters do seem like they're, they're, like, one in the same when it comes to when there are characters, um, but the, the like, the themes are so different, like, being a phantom thief, or, like, being in the, uh, um, cease unit, and, Persona Three or the Investigation Squad and in Four, like you're just a group of friends, and you you're like, oh my god, we got to save the world. It's like, it's like watching an episode of like Scooby Doo, but it's a hundred hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the um, longest.
1: That sounds like hell. Watching yeah. the same Scooby Doo <laughs> <laughs> episode for a hundred
0: hours. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, SMT is very different, where it's like the entire point of uh, SM two five is that angels and demons are fighting and they killed God. So the demons won, but, uh, the angels are like, no, he didn't die. He's not dead. Like kind of just like, you know, whatever. And, uh, you as a which is, um, a human soul and a demon mixed together. Um, have like a birthright to become God. So this whole time you're like trying to get to the throne to recreate um, a world in your image. And you know, it's like, it's kind of just like every single religious um, game plot ever. <laughs> so <laughs> That sounds kind of you know. dope. I want to be God. You know how fucking fun that would be? I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, it, it is really cool. And, like, you you fight Zeus and, like, Odin at the end and, like, like, uh, gods from different, like... Pantheons? um, Yeah. uh, And, like, you meet with, like, Demeter and, like, you can do side quests and, like, it's all really cool, but uh, it's kind of just, like, towards the end it's just more of the same. Mm -hmm. It kind of, like, slowly takes away the human aspect and goes full god mode and it, like... It loses like how you can like relate to it if you can relate to a game like that in any way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. That's that's all I'm saying. It's a great game. It's uh, it's a. I I'd give it like an A tier in SMT plus persona like chart, but you know, cool. There's just there's just better things.
1: All right. Declan, I have another yeah, question I mean, for you that I've been meaning to ask, but I kept forgetting.
0: Oh sure, what's up? How the fuck did you find Upi Psycho? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a YouTuber I like. Posted a video like two years ago. Gotcha. Um, Inday Mouse, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That and makes sense. Played it Like two years ago, and I picked it up and I enjoyed it. Cool. So yeah, um, that's, that's how I find out, found out about it. I was thinking about just coming up with a random story. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know, because it'd be funny. <laughs> I would, I'd be like, I was, I was at a garage sale and I saw a floppy disk and I was like, what's this? Like it's a like, fucking... Have it for free! Take it right now, please! And I was like, okay, dude. And then it haunted me forever. Yuppie
1: Psycho does feel like a creepy pasta.
0: <laughs> In some ways, maybe. <laughs> but,
1: it's a creepy pasta yeah. about capitalism.
0: <laughs> I was living in corporate America. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, um <laughs> it looks like our VR segment kind of took up like 15 20 minutes. <laughs> but uh not a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. We we kind of got a, a lot of the uh the talking out of the way for the uh in the first, like, half an hour, so... Yeah. I think I'm good.
1: Yeah, I that was basically all I wanted to talk about. Overall, I I am so fucking confused about the ending I got to this game, but it is a lot of fun. I actually really liked it. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm super glad I could bring something that you never heard of in your entire life and you actually ended up liking it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself. That
1: was actually really nice, I realized. Like, as I was playing the game, I realized that it was. It's the first game where, like, it's the first game any of us have brought to the table where I have literally zero expectations, and I think going into it completely blind actually really changed my experience. This is like the first game I've yeah. played in a long time where I'd like never heard of it, and didn't have any sort of like expectations going into it because I could I didn't know anything about it. That's the. This is the, legitimately the first time I've played a game like that in god like a long time it's been years Mm -hmm. so that was really um, cool
0: i I know exactly what you're talking about i had the uh i had the same experience with a persona 5 not to bring that back in (laughs) Uh, but yeah i i was i was in the phase where i just looked up walkthroughs of every game i did because i was so bored and i played Personify blind. I knew nothing about it, and it kind of revitalized mm-hmm. my love for games. So I'm glad you could have an experience similar to that. Yeah.
1: Listen. If you have any more games like that where you're like, there's literally no way he knows anything about this. Bring him, because.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's fun. I'll, I'll keep them in mind. I'll make a list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll slowly feed them to you, like like water dropping.
1: <laughs> you're that. like. You're like that one meme where it's like the real big fat guy getting a, a whole, like, fountain of water into this into his mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, like, driveling. Yeah, exactly. Point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I do know uh, a couple, like, random obscure games that I could probably bring to the table, so there you go.
1: Cool. All right. Should I reveal my game? Yeah, so I'm not nearly as cool. I don't have like a secret hidden game that you've never heard of to bring <laughs> to the table. Sorry. Um, That's okay. But my game, I've bounced back like a lot between this next game. Like I've probably I've probably changed this game like four or five different times. Uh, but so I have you know
0: my my thought process every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I finally settled on it this morning. Uh, okay. We are going to be playing. Uh Super Mario Odyssey. Really? Yeah. I've been watching part of the reason (laughs) (laughs) part of the reason why I picked this game is because I've been watching a lot of uh of a streamer called Small Ant, and he does a lot of Super Mario Odyssey speedruns, and I've been like, man, I should really I should really beat this game. So that's the game we're gonna be playing. No, I've never beaten it.
0: Holy shit! I know. Man, I played it like right when it came out. Fuck.
1: I did too, but I never beat it. I don't know why, but yeah. So this is shit. finally going to be the time that I beat it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I watch a lot of Small Ant too, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so that's what we're playing. Cool. I'm
0: I'm glad I still have my uh, Switch hooked up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just get right into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Let's plug our shit, boy. All right. Uh, We have an email. Oh, we do have an email? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just as shocked as you to find out. We don't have an email.
1: I thought you meant we got an email from a
0: listener. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Go my hopes up. I wish we did. (laughs) I wish we did. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. It's all right. um, That being said, send us an email at callstaypointpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Twitter at call save point and, uh, yeah, uh, leave us a, uh, review on Apple podcast as well. Leave us a review anywhere, to be honest. Uh, it, it helps.
1: Yeah. Uh, I actually do want to say something quick. Um, so there's been a bit of a, uh, controversy over at Spotify. Declan, do you know anything about this? No. So, uh, Famous musician Neil Young, a musician I've never listened to in my entire life, uh, gave Spotify an ultimatum to either like basically remove Joe Rogan from their platform due to like all of the COVID vaccine misinformation he's been spreading or Mm. remove his entire catalog of music from their platform. And they stuck they stuck to their guns and they just removed his music from their platform. So, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I am aware that there has been a large exodus from Spotify. Like a lot of people have been trying to delete their accounts and, um, like basically move away from Spotify and protest. Uh, so I mean, our podcast will stay up on Spotify just cause a lot of our listeners are on there. But if you choose to move away, I completely understand.
0: Hmm. <laughs> fuck i have so much
1: on spotify <laughs> i personally personally i don't use spotify like in general like i i didn't use it before all this stuff happened so i don't i'm not like super affected by it i personally <laughs> i think i made it very clear on this podcast that i don't like joe rogan so i stand in solidarity with a musician i've never listened to um but yeah i just thought i felt like that was something we should uh address or at least i should fuck <laughs> that sucks nothing wrong with staying on spotify nothing wrong with leaving it
0: yeah i don't know either way yeah uh that's the show everyone if you do stay you on, spotify. Us on spotify on <laughs> spotify if you do stay on spotify
1: leave us a rating <laughs> to let us know
0: <laughs> oh my god anyway, yeah. cool Uh, We'll catch you guys later.
1: (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye.